The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to The Legendarium. This is terrible. And this is why we split up the group, okay? This is why the band broke up, okay? You're Ringo. Todd, no, Todd's Yoko, if anything. Welcome, everybody, to the Legendary Podcast. This is episode, I think, 195. 195. Today is our summer movie roundup. and Well, movies, TVs, you know, whatever summer crap we want to talk about. entertainment. Catch-all geek entertainment. And I am your nice. host, Craig Hanks. And over there, he is dumber than a bag of dead turtles. It's Ken Johnson. You know what? Being here still, I regret it. And you should know, if you threaten to grab him by the short and curlies, you're actually talking about his back. It's Todd Wenty. Hey, better my back than my chest, okay? <laughs> really? They both are bad. At least one you can claim, like, Selleck status with. Let's just say that a 16-year-old I... boy looked at me and said, Sir, before you get in the pool, you're going to have to take off your sweater. <laughs> you know, I bet Selleck has some pretty ma- majestic back hair. And by now, most of it's great, just yeah. like mine. Uh, Wait, all right. We... And he's really enjoying the new Spider-Man game, which makes sense considering how much web he slings on a daily basis. It's Ryan Bruckman. I'm not really sure what web you're referring to here. Oh my just, goodness. Just, uh, just roll with it. <laughs> Slinging webs and stacking papers, yo. Wow. So, welcome back. This is, as we said before we turn on the mics, this is a bit like getting the band back together. Didn't Tom Selleck die? No. <laughs> what? Who died? Just Tom Selleck's on Blue Bloods. Um, it Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Thank yeah. you. I was like, some, <laughs> some man with a mustache died. Man. The, the, the some mustachioed died. 70s man. I just knew that this, the, the, the amount of hair in the world decreased substantially <laughs> in the last week. Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I had myself a Smokey and the Bandit Cannonball Run Marathon. This is, you after, know, after, with, uh, the, with the, I mean, we're going to be talking about movies and whatnot, so I don't mind taking a second to just chat about Burt Reynolds and say that I know that I don't appreciate it because of my age, you know, I was born in the, in the mid eighties, so was Ryan, uh, but Todd, maybe you appreciate it better than we do just how big a star he was in the seventies. Burt Reynolds but, could make no bad choices, but that's not because the quality of the movies were high. It's just because the entertainment factor was through the roof. <laughs> it was delightful. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of, he became a punchline, right, through the 80s and the 90s when you, you kind of had like the John McClane mold come in yeah. as your action star. Yeah. The Burt Reynolds mold like really became a, a joke. But uh, but then he came back. Right, and, right. In, in the in, 2000s. In, uh, in uh, Striptease, right. With, well, not just in Striptease. Uh, no, uh, Boogie Nights. In, in the, that in was the a Boogie joke. Nights. Boogie but Nights. In, yeah. in a lot of uh, in a lot of television uh, crime dramas, he came back and he used his punchline status as the uh, slightly overweight, slightly balding, slightly mm-hmm. used to be, has been, and just played it up and did some really fun stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, adios, muchacho. Yeah. Um, all right, so drive that Trans Am in the sky. Yeah. His IMDb page looks like he's the love child of Jack Black and um, Tom Selleck. 
<laughs> no, I was going with Sean Connery. Oh, okay. If Jack Black and Sean Connery had a really drunk weekend, you'd get Burt Reynolds' IMDb picture. <laughs> you know his his. I was I was uh, listening to somebody do a retrospective on his life. His first big movie was Deliverance. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know you kind of say, wow, to have gone from <laughs> Deliverance to Smokey. And you know the what Bandit. though? He's fantastic in Deliverance. Yeah, he's. I mean. I was going to say it's kind of, he's kind of a punchline, but he's a great actor. Yeah. I mean, most of the time with a lot of those roles, like you said, he was just having fun more than anything. But uh, when and he wanted to, when he wanted to turn it on, he could he could act. I think that's where he found his sweet spot was when he when he started going into those charming comedic roles instead of yes, I said it, okay, but <laughs> but that's that's where that's where yeah. that's where it hit for him. I mean, I he was an action star first, but the, it was the the charming comedic yeah. I think my favorite really... my favorite thing about all this is that we've now spent like four to five minutes talking about Burt frickin Reynolds <laughs> and identifying that Ken is our master who knows about the man, man sweet spot. Man's sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we weren't rolling earlier. Let's just say that. So anyway, summer movie. <laughs> so well, before we get to all that, just a reminder: Patreon.com/slash/Legendarium is where you can support the show. Uh, head to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and of course, go to reddit.com slash legend, the legend, there you go, the legendarium.reddit.com is where you can join the conversation. And just so that you know, if you did not listen to last week's episode, first of all, shame on you. It was magnificent-ish. It was definitely an episode. It it exists at the very least. Uh, But anyway, we did announce a little uh, giveaway uh, contest and so we're gonna let that go for one more week uh, so hop on patreon go to last week's uh show notes there or patreon on reddit is what on i reddit. meant to say go go to the show notes on reddit and vote for there are a couple of little snippets that people have posted there so you can vote for your favorite uh we did a little todd have you listened to it i have not yet it's a, it's a story writing episode so ryan and i essentially crafted a story in 30 minutes um and off of off of a prompt um and then i i wrote the first chapter of it and put it on reddit so you should go read it i am i am looking forward to this now immensely um anyway so everybody is encouraged to do the same uh off of that same prompt what was the prompt uh a light a light listening light in the distance is not not what it it seems yeah uh so anyway you can use that prompt go on reddit write up a little micro story 100 words a thousand words i don't care uh, but if people upvote it, you win. If people upvote it the most, you get a defaced book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're whoever wins gets a a copy of the name of the wind, legendariumified. Uh, so congratulations, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, oh, good, Gordon. This is a lot of throat clearing. So let's indeed talk about the 2018 summer movie season, which a sucked. I'm just going to yeah. throw that out there. Now, there, it's it not the that worst? there were no bright spots. I'm not saying that. But like, hey, for a summer movie season, it seems like, yeah, January sucked like it always does. Uh, but then once we got through like, you know, we had like March and April and that's kind of when we had the Avengers and all that kind of stuff. And then we hit May, which is when summer movie season starts. And I remember going on to uh, whatever site it was, like Movie Phone or, or Cinema Blend and looking for whatever's coming up over the next few months and I was like, the year is over. Like solo hit theaters and kind of fell on its face. <laughs> and the and the year was over. And this uh, that was it. Now, 
like I said, though, there were a few things to talk about, and that's but that's why we're expanding this beyond summer movies because we're going to have to talk about some other stuff too. Sure. Uh, because none of us was all that driven to live at the movie theaters this summer like we sometimes do. Yeah, Pardon. you know, I looked, I I was talking to my wife about uh, about what was going on, and she said, "Oh, well, you know, you haven't gone to see as many movies this year like you did before. I I normally hit the the late night releases, and or I I had them on the first weekend." And she said, "You didn't go to very many this year." I said. Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't. That's kind of weird. Yeah. But then I look back at the movies that we had and I'm like, I'm glad I didn't spend, you know, $17 a seat for IMAX 3D on some of these movies because they were barely worth $5 Tuesday kind of prices <laughs> in part, some cases. Part of it is is the studios are starting to push all of their big ticket movies earlier than Memorial Day, whereas Memorial Day used to be seen as the the start of the summer movie season, and they're, and they're just pushing past it now. I mean, Black Panther was in February, Avengers was in April, Justice League, I don't remember when Justice League came out, but... I, because there wasn't much to remember about it, that. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was old. Oh, come on. It was, <laughs> it was so forgettable. It was mediocre, mediocre. at best. Oh, it... Uh, <laughs> It yeah, some, if you're being charitable, it had some it had some delightful moments. Uh, sure. it, it was bad enough to the point where the the Aquaman trailer was panned. I mean, oh well, look, I don't in a vacuum with no context around it with the DCEU, that is the worst trailer I've seen in a while for a big movie like this for a big ticket movie. That is a terrible, terrible trailer. I'll grant you that. Um, so I am. I, I mean. No, I, I'm just going to straight up say I am not looking forward to Aquaman, and I was. You're talking Before about, that trailer, I was. Now I am not. You're talking about the lasers out of the eyes blowing up a piece of military, uh, of, of it's just, some kind of a place with Ariel's hair floating around. <laughs> Did anybody else say Ariel's hair when they saw Mira in that? I'm just checking. Okay, I think I not. watched it once, and I, that's all I, yeah, I don't that's remember all you much can make about it. it. It's, it's and seeing, yeah. seeing look, all look, of look. Atlantis going, Okay, yay. I am going to rein you all back in, because now we're talking about what's coming up, and that and doesn't matter. About what we we need to talk about what we actually saw this year. We're just year. excited that we're all back together. This is terrible. And this is why we split up the group, okay? <laughs> this is why the band broke up, okay? Your Ringo. Todd, no, Todd's Yoko, <laughs> if anything. Uh, all right. So let's talk about, let's go back uh, toward the beginning of the summer, talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's something we didn't bother to do on the show. Uh, and I'm offended. You said it's because it wasn't worth doing. Now, wait a minute. What Do you really think that? No, look, Ant-Man and the Wasp, kind of similar to the first Ant-Man. Um, what? No. How do I put this? Okay. I'm going to back up and compare it to Deadpool. Not because it's actually comparable to Deadpool, but because when the first Deadpool came out, it was... Uh, it kind of a breath of fresh air. It's yeah. so different, uh, you know, and everybody kind of knew what was coming, but still you go to the theater and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm watching this. Deadpool 2 comes out and it's just as good. It's just as funny. I I was laughing harder during parts of Deadpool 2 than I was during the first one, but it lacked that fresh air quality that the first one had because had, we had already it seen it. It had been done. Yeah. yeah. And, and so if we're judging it, you know, again, on its own in a vacuum, Deadpool two is just as good as Deadpool one. But because it lacked that uh, freshness, freshness, yeah, it uh, it didn't feel as fun as the first one. Ant Man and the Wasp, I feel, is a really similar situation where the first Ant Man comes out and everybody's like, Ant Man, you're doing, you're what, Ant Man? 
uh, and then it comes out and everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is a delightful movie. How fun. Uh, Michael Pena, he's a revelation out of the blue. <laughs> and then the second one comes out and it's basically more of the same, but with a worse plot. Um, but but it's still delightful. It's still funny. <laughs> Michael Pena is still awesome. The action scenes are still what they are. Uh, but it lacks the freshness of Ant-Man 1. Okay. And, so, and so there wasn't much to say about it. And I still kind of feel like there isn't beyond what I've said. I am the sum of all opinion and knowledge on this subject. I, I want to know. All right. You are after so you, self-important. We can go home now. <laughs> after you buy a car <laughs> and you get in it the first time and it doesn't have that smell anymore, what do you do? <laughs> This, it was is before or after I pee in it. This this car lacks freshness. Wait, so, what are you talking so about? So let me see if I understand correctly, Craig. You're saying that if a movie doesn't have a fresh factor, if it doesn't if it doesn't take us as something incredibly new and and delightful and revolutionary, that it's really doesn't matter how good it was. No, I'm not saying that at all. I I am glad that Ant Man Two was made. I'm glad that I went to see it. I thought it was a fun movie. What I'm saying is that. Uh, from a critical perspective, uh, for four guys sitting around trying to make a podcast about it, there's not enough <laughs> to fill a half hour, let alone an hour, okay. um, unless on we, that yeah, subject. Unless we talk just about Evangeline Lilly, because she was delightful in that show. I mean, she's, she's delightful okay. in everything. I'll, I'll defend. I'll defend Ant Man and the Wasp in that. I'm it was... not attacking. No, it. no. I'm... <laughs> wow. <laughs> <sighs> I I didn't mean to imply that you were attacking it. I just I I don't care that it was it felt smaller than the rest of the MCU that we're seeing these days and I'm okay with that. I felt I felt like it was a fine breath of fresh air, sorry, Craig, because it was not grand. It was not trying to change yeah, everything. Yeah, it wasn't Infinity War. Yeah. So there yeah. I mean there wasn't a real bad guy. The story was really about the it was really about the Pims anyway. It wasn't about Scott Lang. So, Well, and everything this summer was affected by Infinity War. Correct. Everything, every studio's decision, everything, knowing yeah. that they were going to have to deal with this and putting it right up at the front beforehand. Like, I think that Ant-Man and the Wasp suffered a little bit from that simply in the sense of, well, we've established this happen and we've already announced this movie's coming out. We need to do something but this is kind of just a filler. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my one as a, as a Marvel fan uh, and as a comic book fan, I, I, I thought the movie did a wonderful job of continuing the, the series and continuing the, the, the quirky nature of what they wanted to establish Scott Lang's character with and the, and the whole, the whole piece of the franchise. But I have to admit that I was a little disappointed that they, and, and a little confused that they left him in the quantum realm and have everybody else dying and disappearing in the post credits. I mean, I'm I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, I, I I understand as a studio where this is going, and we're and we're we're throwing some more things in there to say how are they going to pull it all together? Well, we already know they're going to pull it all together. That's not the question. Um, my question was, could you have found a different way to do it? No, I guess not. You have to leave them stranded in the quantum realm, which is what they did to. Uh, the original Wasp, according to the comic book series, and she was there for 30 years. So what makes us think this is going to run any different? I'm just, mm. I, I was I was not as satisfied with that ending in the context of Infinity War as 
I think they had some other options available to them. My yeah. biggest problem with it was that that was the post credit scene. I le- that's a huge yeah. plot point in the major in the overarching story. And yes, yeah, but we it, all watch it. I know that. But that to me, that's something that if it's going to be a plot point that someone in the next film that Ant Man appears in needs to know. It should be in the movie block, not the post-credit scene. Except that Marvel has done such a wonderful job of training us all to stay and watch every name on that screen go by and listen to every beat of music in their in their themes, which I've been doing for years anyway. But you know they've they've done a wonderful job of training everybody else to do it too. It just makes it harder for me to sit in the theater because other people are sitting there too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so ultimately, it was fine. Thumb up. Yeah. Maybe not thumbs up, but thumb up. One thumb up. Okay. Okay. One thumb up. I'll take that. Yeah. I is it a movie I don't that you're gonna get into Is it a more. movie that you're gonna buy on video? No, I, I haven't bought a single Marvel movie on okay. video. I that's not that's not like a judgment call. I just haven't bought a DVD in a long time. Okay, I get it. So I get it. Uh anyway. Uh okay. Oh, that's right. We also should talk, speaking of Marvel, talk about Luke Cage and Iron Fist, neither of which I have watched a single minute of, at least these second seasons. Um, Who has? Ken, you have? I've seen all of Luke Cage and started Iron Fist. Uh, I know Todd's seen Iron Fist. I've started Iron Fist. Um, Ryan, anything on these two? Okay, you guys go. Whatever. You got three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It, It feels like Luke Cage has... It, it kind of learned a little bit of a lesson from the heavy nature of the first one where it was just all dark and, and broody and, and he's still a little bit like that. But a big sell of, of Luke Cage was always that he was kind of the, the noble, heroic uh, black knight. I'm going to say black. I was going to say white knight, but you know, black. <laughs> he, he's, he's the, he's the well champion. He's, yeah, he's the champion of Harlem. Okay. And he's, he's noble and he, he's good and he fights for what's right. And uh, puts himself in harm's way, and it made he he did it in a little bit more of a light fashion this time. They they do some stuff where he's got uh, an app following him around, and and he's got people who are actually following him. He's popular. ESPN has him do a, a combine thing for football. It, it, they do a lot of of things that that make it more fun. Yeah, this mm-hmm. time, and but they still have an interesting uh, opponent. The writing, the writing style is a little bit more. I, I, I think for both, uh, for both of these pieces, the writing style has changed from trying to be, um, from trying to channel all of the darkness of the Marvel Knights series of the Marvel Knights comic book series, mm-hmm. and recognize that that's not necessarily going to fly for for a large distribution. Um, and I think that's the the real the real shift in in the series. It it applies to Jessica Jones as well. Um, Jessica Jones season two was again it was it was. There was a lot of darkness to it, um, but it wasn't as it. Oh my goodness! Compared to Jessica Jones season one, uh, it was it was not nearly as as brutal. Um, and so all of all of those series, uh, the only the only one that I think was was a little bit more brutal in their season two was Daredevil. Daredevil. I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah. Daredevil season three. Mm. Can can I say one thing about Luke Cage and Jessica Jones each individually? Sure. Yeah. That. Part of the reason I haven't jumped really into I never even finished Luke Cage season one. I never um, finished Luke Cage episode one. I couldn't make it through. Really? But I, I have really appreciated this, and I think it's a selling point and a, a positive thing, that Marvel has allowed those stories to be written to a different audience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's 
I was watching Luke Cage. I was trying to get into it and everything. And I'm like, I don't connect with this a whole lot because yeah. it's not written for me. And that's okay. Yeah. That's a yeah. good thing. So I, it's been hard for me to want to jump in and continue, even though that overarching Defenders series I, I'm, I'm interested in. I don't know who they wrote Iron Fist for. <laughs> uh, Iron Fist again is is the Power Man and Iron Fist crossover audience. I mean, that's what yeah. You're for. you're you're talking about a you're if if you're looking at it from a standpoint of of the comic book series, it's the same deal. There's a there's very much a niche group that are very loyal to Power Man, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, Danny Rand. They're they're fiercely loyal to those characters. Wait, Luke Cage is Power Man in the comic books? Yeah, in the he's, Power he's Man called Power Man. That's worse than Ant Man, which it's, is is funny because they they uh, uh, make a little play. On it uh, in season two, the there's a, there's a guy who who is at the barber shop and he's selling uh, he's selling Luke Cage merch, and one of his shirts says Power Man. Yeah, he's he's called him Power Man. And- they right. did a, they did a deal with that in season one too, where they they gave him the the head head yeah the headband and the, the gauntlets, gauntlets and stuff. Yeah, so so they have a fun they have fun lampooning the comic book without making it a thing you have to know the comic book to catch those but you're right they have written them for a different audience and that's why it works on netflix and why it would never work on a on what we would consider to be either a major movie or a major network uh well speaking of netflix you know what Netflix show I've started is the new season of the Great British Baking, Baking show. show. I was going to bring that you up too. Yes, not. I have. I love that series so. So much. okay, so <laughs> the fact okay. that Mary Berry, I wasn't gone. actually. I, I was not. Oh, I would never have picked the two of you for watching that. I, I watched was, that with my kids, but I would never have picked you guys well, for you watching watch that. It? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't really planning to bring it up. That was more a joke, but I will say <laughs> now that now that I've brought it up, <laughs> now that we're actually talking about it, now that you're out of the closet, uh, now that I've now that I've brought it up, it's. Uh, Okay, so the pre- you guys know the controversy around what happened with the BBC. No, that's uh, getting I, rid of or losing the rights to it, and uh, or and the the hosts left when it changed networks, and so they lost the host and Mary Berry. So Paul Hollywood is the sole uh, survivor or holdout, I guess. Which the uh, moment I found that scab. out, I automatically went, eh, never mind. No, no it's, I like him fine. Uh, but anyway, um, so they brought in another. Uh, expert next to Paul Hollywood. I can't remember her name. I can't remember either of the hosts, but it's a guy and a gal like this time. And they're all delightful again. And the whole show, everything is set up exactly the same. They have it, everything feels exactly the same, um, right down to the stupid puns and the, everything. <laughs> and, and so, I, if you enjoyed it, don't be so mad that you don't uh, give yourself the opportunity to enjoy this one as well. In true yeah. British fashion, you don't address it. You just stifle it away and move on. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, All right, I love fine. these people. Fine, I'm back in. You, yeah. got, you sold me. No, it's in. wonderful. Okay, so what else should we talk about? <laughs> um, let's go to the, okay, probably the biggest release of the summer was Mission Impossible Fallout. Not The Incredibles 2? Or Jurassic Park. Oh, that's true. Jurassic World was awesome. Let's the, stay with Mission Impossible. Fallout. No, yeah. I think we've... Okay, so we've talked about... In previous episodes, we have talked about... Uh, Jurassic World. Jurassic World. And I think we brought up Incredibles 2 at some point. I briefly talked about it in yeah. one episode. So yeah. I don't really want to again. Okay. But... Uh, I will argue that it is probably one of the better films to come out this summer. Yeah. That's yeah. about all that needs to be said. Yeah. Maybe. And it speaks to the other films more than it does to... The quality of Incredibles too. <laughs> wow! Well, but what about, Wait a minute. A okay. Disney, a Disney, a file like you saying such a thing? It's 
Here's the oh, rundown of Incredibles 2. Incredibles <laughs> 2 is great. It's pretty much the same plot line as Incredibles 1. Just moved the shifted the time space down a little bit. And it's well told. It's an enjoyable story. It's very predictable. You have a lot of fun with it. It's great. It's exactly what you would expect. So yeah. it, it sounds like you're making roughly the same point as I did with Ant-Man and the Wasp, where it's kind of sequel syndrome, where it's lost the fresh, freshness factor. It's still good. It, it's still very enjoyable, but it feels it's like not the same. It feels like they took off the subtitle. Incredibles 2, Mork Jack-Jack. That's, that's really all it was. It was... Right. It was it was a vehicle. Oh to boy! Get Jack you know, Jack for somebody oh, who are. didn't really want to talk about Incredibles two, I'm letting this go on for far too long. <laughs> We're done. So back to Henry Cavill's mustache. Yes, Ryan, <laughs> what did you think of Henry Cavill's mustache? Uh, I when and by that I mean Mission Impossible Fallout. I, I actually really enjoyed. Do you remember when Kyle messaged us because he got to go see a special screening of it? Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. messaged us and he said, "My review of Mission Impossible uh, Fallout." <laughs> Worth every penny to remove Henry Cavill's mustache. Yes, yes, I remember that. I remember that. Um, I think that that series, that that uh, Fallout, fits wonderfully into the Mission Impossible series. It it follows the formula really well. Everything is predictable. Um, Perfectly competently made. Yeah, I right. Now I, I enjoyed it. Um, with there was one thing about the film that I didn't like, but other than that, and what I don't remember that? what it was. That's the things I don't remember what it was. Oh, really? Then it I doesn't remember, count. That's how good the film was. I remember coming out of it and going, you know, other than that one moment, I, I enjoyed it. That was, was fun. It, I will pre-order this. Was it the fact that the fifteen-minute countdown took twenty-seven minutes? <laughs> well, it's better than the uh, than the Fast and the Furious's uh, twenty-eight mile runway. runway. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, no, my biggest revelation from this one was uh what's the name of the woman that plays the white widow um oh. she's also is, uh, she's, she's on, on the she's crown? on the crown yeah, yeah i yeah. can't remember her name but oh my gosh i love her well i mean aside from the fact that she's extremely I easy on the eyes keep talking she was talk say everything. wonderful yeah oh my really goodness really enjoyed her charisma on stage mm-hmm. on stage on screen on screen whatever that thing is that we watch it doesn't matter every time she was on screen it's like i'll spend vanessa kirby yeah yes she was fantastic i'll spend 10 bucks to spend two hours of you so, watching me stare <clears throat> or watching her stare that's it that's creepy ken yeah. Oh my gosh, her eyes. If Just it, if it hasn't creepy. been established yet that Ken is a super creeper, then people haven't been paying attention. You can deny it all you want. You're a creepy dude. No. So I will deny it all I want. Besides that, you got no room to talk. <laughs> he may be a creepy dude, but at least he's honest about his creepiness. No, he's not. He's denying it. <laughs> I'm just right. saying she's pretty. This episode yeah. we go to Great British from Great British Baking Off, how creepy Ken is and uh-huh. um Burt Reynolds. We are on track. We are on fire here. <laughs> Uh, okay, so here's what I want to do. There's there's not a lot of analysis when it comes to uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. It's perfectly competent action fair. You can talk about Tom Cruise's stunts, which you know maybe we could do. But uh, maybe what we should do is rank it among Mission Impossible movies. I want your Mission Impossible Ooh. rankings. So while you think about it, here's mine. From bottom to top, you have number two. But number two is I think it gets a pretty bad rap i do think it's a bad movie i don't think it's as bad as it's remembered to be i could be wrong though i haven't seen it in like five years uh after that you have number four then uh number six this latest latest one um and then number three then number five and then number one I think Rogue Nation and the original Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise Mission Impossible, yeah. I, I think are pretty neck and neck as far as enjoyability. 
just fantastic. I can go back and watch the original Mission Impossible over and over. Yeah. That thing is, it, it never gets old. Who's got their ranking? Um, I'll go uh, original Mission Impossible first. I will go. I really like the new crew a lot. So I would say Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and then Fallout because you had to have seen Rogue Nation to make Fallout make sense. Sure. Um, and then three and then two. Three, I haven't seen three in a while, but I remember. Three, three is good. It's <laughs> actually liked... really, really good. I think number three got punished for the sins of number two. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the box office as well as in people's memories. Um, where number two was so bad that yeah. very few people went to see number comparatively few people went to see number three in the theaters because they're like, what's the point? Number two was terrible. Turned out to be a really good movie, and so number four, which was Ghost Protocol, I think, mm-hmm. yes. was a, a much bigger success on yeah. the strength of number three largely. Is number um, three the one where they? That's the one with uh, it starts out with Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I, I remember just the heavily emotional scene of the, like threatening to shoot the wife, and then oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, okay, I remember that being. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think of? Oh, I'm sorry, we, we're doing rankings still. I want to come back yeah. to Michelle Monaghan's character, but um, number three, I think number three gets extra points for Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance because I up until that point he was the guy who took in my mind took you know art house roles who took. Uh, period roles and and very actor type roles and this I've he stretched, how dare he right I've, but not to his credit that's fine but I, this was the one where he expanded just how mean he could be and and I I was impressed he made it he made a wonderful villain oh he was yeah. absolutely he was a- fantastic and he it earned points for me so I I went uh, original Mission Impossible and I actually put number three second on that list and then I put. Really? Yeah, and I, I tie Rogue Nation and Fallout together because, uh, as three and four, because they're yeah. But but Rogue Nation same. is the superior movie, I th- and so I have to go see it again. I can't I can't rank I've, them together because it is while while Fallout is great, it is not as effective as Rogue Nation. Right now, well, Fallout stuck with me, and it might be recency bias. It yeah. stuck with me better than Rogue Nation, but I keep hearing more. People say Rogue Nation was better. I got to go see it again. But Ghost Protocol and, and number two were probably my bottom okay. two. And that's not an indictment of Ghost Protocol. I just, the top five are really good. And Todd, do you want to do a ranking or so, do you want to leave it? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, the only thing for me that, that is, that makes me change a little bit of my, a, a little bit of the ranking off of what Ryan did. Mine, mine is almost identical to Ryan's, um, except that I would actually put the first Mission Impossible below. Um, Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Yeah, that's um, totally defensible in my in and, my mind. And for me, part of it was because by the time they get to Rogue Nation, the execution is so good, and the the characters that the the way that they establish and bring in new characters um, with and and Ghost Protocol, I think I would have put um, right neck and neck because I really enjoyed Ghost Protocol a lot. That- Sorry, let me tweak the question here. I think it really quickly. You only get to watch one for the rest of your life. Which one are you like? You got to throw one in right now to watch. Which one are you throwing in? Mission Ghost Impossible. Protocol. What did you say? First one. First one, Ghost Protocol. Uh, probably first one. Um, although, oh gosh, I would really want to watch. Uh, uh, oh shoot, what was the one that came? Rogue, Na- Rogue, Rogue Nation. Nation. Yeah, and mine's Ghost Protocol. I've watched. 
I've thrown that one in recently. It was just like, yeah, I, I love the scene when he's on the outside of the tallest building. Oh, yeah. Like that's yeah, that's pretty dope. And there, there are there are a lot of things about the way that Ghost Protocol works um, that are that are that are that are fun they're that where they poke, poke fun at themselves at the end of that where he says mission accomplished and it doesn't work um which was kind of one of my favorite moments of uh, all so let me ask you oh, gross i just touched ryan's knee uh <laughs> wow so i want to ask you this uh all these movies are wonderfully made and they're all yeah well okay fine you can argue about number two i uh we all have our quibbles with it. But as a franchise, it's wonderfully well-made. Yeah, it's done uh, well. Tight storytelling. They don't really waste a lot of time. And part of that is Michelle Monaghan's character. I, It's a weird kind of like... It can be a crutch. It can be seen as a crutch since the third movie, this relationship with Michelle Monaghan, where it's uh, they're kind of constantly coming back to, oh, well, what about Ethan's wife? What about... You know, he's got to protect this uh, woman that he loves, but that he left because he loved, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Who um, then got remarried. It, right. Well, so so it can be seen that way as a crutch, but I kind of see it as a really nice uh, out for the storytellers where they don't have to linger on any romantic storylines and eat up screen time with that. You can just focus on the spy action thriller stuff. <laughs> and not worry about the romance. That's not to say that there aren't significant glances between him and a few of the characters, but they don't have to dwell on it because you have this other character, the the wife, Michelle Monaghan's character, who kind of takes up that, uh, sucks up that oxygen. From Tom Cruise's character becomes a wonderful foil for James Bond. Ethan Hunt becomes a wonderful foil for James Bond. And the reason is because Ethan still is very much committed to and in love with his wife through all of those things. And James Bond is a, a lad and a cad all the time. And it's, and it's fascinating that both of them as big action heroes, both of them being portrayed as these larger than life access to all kinds of weapons and money and, and, uh, and technology and fun. And one of them is very uh, respectable in the way that he approaches certain aspects of morality. And the other is a blunt instrument or a surgical knife, depending on what you need, but he doesn't let the morals get in the way. So here's another question for you. Super villain is going to destroy the world with some tech, whatever, do something. You have to send one action hero, one agent to stop them. Are you? Who are you rank, sending? Rank your action heroes. Uh, and I assume we're out of the Marvel universe at this point. Yeah, th- yeah, I'm talking. This has to be. This has to be a, a human in. Okay. Right. You can't send Superman. <laughs> Tony Stark doesn't count even. Yeah. Uh, okay. And is this is this open or is this just between those two? No, it's open. I mean, currently you're looking. at It's like just based on our conversation, James Bond, Ethan Hunt. I send John McClane. <laughs> can i send can i send it's not i'm not talking about any of his characters i will just send arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> <laughs> okay uh get it done governor jason Bourne. Uh, no why why not jason Bourne? Like it's jason not Bourne? because he's not effective it's because he's a wiener and i want him to die <laughs> what why yeah i just i you I know and I, I like those movies. I've just never liked his character. So let me ask okay. this question. Had you ever read any of the Bourne no. books? No, why would I do that? Okay, so that's that's part of the reason. Okay. 
Well, just because the only the only if the only image that you have of Jason Bourne is what goes on in those movies, right. there's a whole there's a there's a whole other piece of of Jason Bourne as to why I would send Jason Bourne. He's <laughs> he is in as as far as my view of action heroes, he is the combination of Ethan Hunt and James Bond. This is a weird subject. Hey, I'll send Tom Selleck. Uh, nice okay all right so that's that uh bounces to the question that we were asking before we started recording though is tom cruise the greatest action star of all time is he Uh, now officially why do you want him to be ken it's not necessarily that i want him to be other than you're such a liar you've got a big man crush on him you have since you were since you were 22 i can see it from here and you could be mistaken for him during his top gun years that is so why thousand percent not true maybe maybe back in the day not anymore but, but i just based on longevity alone i he was doing what what was his first uh action movie uh besides top gun was top gun an action movie or I mean, yes top gun was an action movie but i mean he wasn't an action hero necessarily he was a pilot which, he was he was uh, yeah i would i would call it i don't know of, shooting down russian migs i'm all about oh it. i'm i'm all about that life but Sorry, all eight of you in Russia who listen to us. <laughs> but Soviet. If that's, Soviet. That's right. They were Soviet mix. If that was his first one in 1986 and his last one, most recent, William, was 2018, that's a 32-year run. Is yeah. that, so So you're just I'm basing on, this off of no, longevity. No, I'm saying based off of longevity alone. I mean, but all of his movies have crushed the box office. I don't know, because He's, here's the thing. Bruce Willis. If you're, if you're talking about all time, that is rough territory to get it into. Is. Then you're getting into like you're into. getting into like John Wayne, you know, back in the '60s. You're moving up through Burt Reynolds in the that '70s. He was a huge action star. You get into the '80s and forget about it. I well, the, the '80s was the the golden age of the action hero. Right, 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 right. And so, I, I mean, I just recently, I don't know, a year ago or so, I rewatched The Predator. Oh yeah, and, or sorry, Predator, yes. the original. And it is magnificent. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is magnificent uh, in and, his little stupid one-liners and his. And he's not the only one that's magnificent in that, right? They're all these are beefcakey, amazing, oh, yeah. roided-out men. Like, yeah, it's so it it's was, hard for me to look at Tom Cruise, the future who stars I think, of the Expendables. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, that's think what I was going to say pre-Expendables. Tom Cruise makes amazing action movies, and I think he is very effective in them. However, to call him the greatest action star of all time, I think would be overkill for mm. him personally. Okay, um, if that makes sense. But but I love his movies. Oh yeah, I'm impressed more and more at what Tom Cruise has done to everyone else in the action movie fran- in the action movie franchise or the action movie Industry. genre because his dedication to doing so many of his own stunts granted with all of the safety equipment that he has has pushed it to the point where now if you're doing an action movie you've got to do your own stunts oh i wish that were true i wish that were true but that's one of the reasons that this uh, fallout was so uh, well received is because yeah. it's so out of the norm so i'm not sure if i agree with you just because it's his doing his own stunts is so out of the norm for everybody and probably rightly so uh and, and it's not just doing his own stunts, but the fact that he wants to do these things and therefore they, by default, become practical effects. He goes farther That's... than everybody. Everybody else yes. still has to yes. do yes. their True. own stunts. There, there's, a, there's a lot of people. In fact, that's why Tom Holland broke his nose twice. Or Was it Tom Holland? Yeah. 
broke his nose twice in filming Avengers: the The Infinity War. Yeah, I, uh, sure. I guess you guys maybe I'm the yeah. only one that was paying attention to that. There's uh, actors more and more in the in in action films are doing their own stunts, a la Jackie Chan did back in the in the 80s. Um, but but Tom Cruise pushes it to a whole new level of absolute insanity. True. Yeah, I'll give you that. And yeah. because he's done that, it forces everybody else to at least step up and say, "Okay, I'll fall off a building." Right. So you're, Ryan, you're do you, that, Ryan, do you have a favorite of all time? Um, no. Okay. My thing with Tom Cruise is if you equate action hero with alpha male, Tom Cruise doesn't fit. If you don't equate the two, then I can make a little bit stronger argument that he is, I can make the argument that he is one of the greatest action stars, not that he is the greatest. So I'd are you that. equating, are you equating action star with alpha male? Then is that I'm not. I okay. would not. But I don't, I'm saying in, I don't think I was necessarily making that argument, but I, but the names that we pull up in comparison to that oh, yeah. tend to be that because They're, that's what it has been for so long. Yes. I, I will agree with that. And I'm still gonna go with Bruce Willis. Really? All right. Yep. Interesting. And part of that is because I think that Bruce Willis has made Tom Cruise's characters are all the same. There's a blue there's a uh, And Bruce Willis's aren't? Is that where you're going to go? <laughs> Not necessarily. Some of his characters have been really interesting uh, villains. Um, some of them, some of them glower, and others smolder. <laughs> okay, okay. Granted, from that standpoint, yeah, maybe they're all, uh, maybe they're very cookie cutter in some ways. But they've been different enough, and he's had different enough looks along the line that I get a kick out of Bruce Willis. One of his characters had stubble wow. on his head. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm making fun of you. You're, it's a, it's. I'm sure you can defend it, and that's fine. I disagree. Um, not that he's not great, but Bruce Willis, not the greatest action hero. Uh, no. I'm, so is it John Wayne? Is that what you were going with? No, I don't know who I would go with. This is a question I was not prepared to answer, and I feel like this deserves a lot of thought. <laughs> uh, what? But uh, I would not include John Wayne in the action. No, I might. Uh, I might throw it. His career didn't quite include the um, the oomph as uh, as some of the other guys did. But Jean Claude Van Damme is a very compelling action star. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm going to throw him out there as a possibility. And we didn't uh, even touch Steven Seagal. Well, wow there is a how reason we, for what that. an oversight <laughs> uh okay so let's move on to a different subject are Please. you guys good action stars blah 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 i'll say before we get to the predator later of course one, you have something else to say the Kevin. one the one out of predator that i was disappointed didn't become a bigger action star was carl weathers apollo creed and yeah, sure, sure. yeah he he was destined to become something bigger and he just didn't i mean action not action jackson yeah all right action jackson mm-hmm. didn't come action anyway jackson. Carl Weathers should have become a bigger star than he did. Well, it was because he fought Rocky. I think so. Yeah. Action, action, male action heroes are one thing. But the greatest female action stars of all time, that's a shorter list. Ellen Ripley, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a shorter list, and it's an interesting one. And I want to throw out there in, the, in light of last week's new release that uh-huh. whatever you think of the movie, if you saw it and you didn't, I've seen the box office numbers, um, whatever you think of the movie, uh, Jennifer Garner was born to be an action yes, star. She absolutely. Kind of, she got stuck in all these uh, these mom roles, uh, which she was great in. She performs wonderfully. She is a talented actress. But 
back to like her alias days and, and Electra again. Whatever you yeah. think of the movies, she is great as Electra in Daredevil phenomenal. and Electra. Um, and then she was in the Kingdom. No, was it? Ah, oh, crap! I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Homegirl knows her way around an action scene. She yeah. knows how to punch. She knows how to take a punch. She knows how to to wield a weapon. Unfortunately, uh, the people who directed Peppermint didn't know how to. Uh, deliver a plot no 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 it was there were scenes where tactically it was um it was off like the way she would clear a corner and that sort of thing i'm like eh, come on guys uh but she knows how to hold her gun and and do all the action stuff anyway but she's she's also because she's such a good actress she can deliver some emotion that's probably unearned by the script in all of these movies um and i think she's wonderful so uh, does anybody else have a uh, a nomination for best female action star of maybe we'll just say all time? So you can say Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver would probably pretty, be the the first on people's list. Not necessarily the best, but just like she was probably the f- iconic first. Yeah, iconic female action star. Jennifer Garner is probably my favorite just because I thought Alias was awesome. Alias but, was a great show. Yeah. Uh, Todd, do you have any? Ryan. I'm, I'm really struggling because I have to think. Admittedly, I have to think through this. Angelina, it is a shorter list, but you still yeah, have yeah. to kind of think through there. Angelina Jolie would be on the list, you know, from her Tomb Raider mm-hmm. days, probably. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith is still a wildly underrated show. She was in Wanted and Salt. And, yeah. yeah, she's done yeah, a lot. Yeah, she's of done a lot stuff. of a lot of action stuff too. Mila Jovovich. Um, oh sure. She, oh uh, yeah. Gail Gail Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, however her name is pronounced, Gal-Gadot. I apologize. Pr- pronounce the T. She's Israeli, not French. Yep. Gadot. Um, both be- because of her Wonder Woman, she's also in the Fast and Furious franchise, so she did a lot of work there. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence deserves a nom- deserves her name thrown in there. Wait, what? Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, I heard you. Yes. I, yeah. For Hunger Games? And she, X-Men. That, that is an action series. Yeah. And X-Men. Yeah, I'll buy that. And X-Men. Oh, like and she, X-Men, yeah. If you need a... And she just did Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow, yeah. That's a spy movie, not an action movie. Wait, okay. If we're going to nitpick, if it's throwing punches here, like she, we're talking about how Jennifer Garner can throw a punch, take a punch, do that. Jennifer Lawrence can do that too. Really? Yes. Where's your evidence? <laughs> movies I just take. Yeah, she, she doesn't throw a single punch in any of those movies. I don't no, think. but she shoots a lot of arrows. <laughs> I'm assuming you didn't see Red Sparrow then. I did. I saw Red Sparrow. You said, I'm yeah. pretty sure she throws a few punches in that one. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, pretty sure she does. I don't think so. Do we have to separate you two? Wow. No, okay. What about uh, we oh. saw Atomic Blonde last year? Underworld. Theron. Underworld. Kate um, Beckinsale? Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Oh. I didn't ask for the, the best looking. <laughs> I'm going to have to reevaluate my list. What about... Hold on, um, I'll be back in five no, no. Kill Bill, Charlize Theron? No, was, that no. was uh, Thurman. Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman, who also played Poison Ivy. This is So this is kind of illustrative of... Uh, of the list itself or like you know the issue itself where it's like man we are struggling to come up with with names to populate this yeah. list uh, it's interesting but I I guess I hope that Jennifer Garner gets the opportunity to stake her claim going forward uh, I think she should get it, it, this movie Peppermint look it got 16% if that on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is at like 87. Um, really? Yeah. When you have wow. that biggest split, you know something's going on, right? Uh, but anyway, it's it's not it's not nearly as bad as the critics are making it out to be. But that's it's not. not to say that it's a, a great movie by any stretch. 
but it's fine. It's a it's a very uh, economical and effective action thriller. It's fine. Uh, but anyway, but she's fantastic. And I hope that this opens up doors for her in a similar way that Taken did for Liam Neeson. Do we realize that we all left Scarlett Johansson off the list? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so, guess, I guess she deserves to be on the list. I think she deserves to be on that list. Um, yeah, Maybe. My question with her and probably with Jennifer Lawrence as well is, uh, so I, I assume you're thinking of like Black Widow or Not Star to, Joe uh, well, and Luke, maybe a few MC, others. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a few so others. My yeah. question, and I don't know the answer to this, so this isn't an accusatory question. This is an honest one. How much of her own uh, action sequences did she actually shoot? I'll buy right? that. Uh, and I think the other question that needs to be asked is when we're starting to look at this is, how do we gauge it? Do we gauge it by the number of broken bones that they've had doing their own action scenes <laughs> right. versus the amount of years or the amount of films that they've come out with versus the amount of impact that those films have I had? I cannot believe we spent this much time on this right. subject. This is insane. This is the most we've ever talked about women's issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... No, dang it. I can't make that joke. Craig, okay, you remember it, why you it. kept us all together and uh, why you kept us all apart? This is why we broke up the band. <laughs> oh, my. Um, so can... Can I make can I make a can I make a dark horse comment for the for the best action hero of all time? Okay. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Ugh. And I say that No. I say that <laughs> tongue firmly in cheek because there were two films this year that he was in. Um there, one well, there were three, but but for the summer for the summer series. There were Skyscraper. Or if you count Baywatch, I think that came out this year too. No, that was no, last, that year. Was last year. Okay. Um He's prolific, we'll put it that way. We had well, he'll take whatever he he's done what Samuel L. Jackson is doing. If somebody's gonna pay me, I'm gonna be in the movie. Yeah. Um he's making a good name for himself as a as an actor. Um if you if you haven't seen Ballers, go see it. He's he's doing a pretty decent job in that. Um HBO series. You're watching Ballers? I've, <laughs> I'm going to confess that I've caught a few episodes. How about that? That's oh, as far as we're going to go with wow. that. Wow. Um, yeah. I've, well, here's the... I've you're you're sitting on the couch on which you will now sleep for the next few weeks. <laughs> only, <laughs> only if my wife starts listening to the podcast. Yeah, um, but but the, other thing that's, the other thing that's been fun is that um, I, I th- Skyscraper, which is on my list to see before the summer is over, and Rampage... Uh, which I watched and enjoyed largely because it reminded me so much of... In fact, I spent more time telling my kids about the video game that it was based on than we did actually watching the film at some point. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Dwayne Johnson knows how to not take himself seriously when he's making these films, and that's what makes him so much fun to watch and which I think is going to get him continue to be cast in these kinds of roles. Mm, I, and see, that's what—that's exactly what makes me think he'll be more of a long-term, albeit long-term, flash in the pan. He'll be a fad that will fade at some point uh, compared to some of the other action stars that we talked about. Because you, you think back to like the early roles of Arnold Schwarzenegger, dude took it seriously. You mean, right? like, you mean like Scorpion King? No, I mean... Wait, Dwayne The what? Rock Johnson was Scorpion King, and no. he took that one seriously. He wasn't even Hercules? in it. Yes, he His was. His face was. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, what, what I want to say is, like, you, you think back to what, what Dwayne Johnson is doing now and what Arnold Schwarzenegger did in his uh, first decade in the movies. You think about, like, Conan and The Terminator and The Terminator 2 and Terminator 3 and Terminator 4. <laughs> anyway, no, my point is just that like he took his role seriously and I think that earned him a respect in the industry that Dwayne Johnson may not achieve if he continues on the track that he's on. He hmm. um 
he is a, an audience pleaser, but uh, he hasn't proven to be able to carry his own franchise yet. Uh, he's been able to come into a lot of sequels and help out a lot of franchises, uh, but he hasn't started any franchises himself yet. He, I'll buy that. Um, he and Jason if, Statham get their Fast and the Furious uh, spinoff, don't they? I don't know. Isn't that what it... They, they might. I th- there's talk think, about I it. I think there's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Good. Gordon, uh, we've been going for a while. So what else do we need to talk about? I'm done with action stars. That's it. Does this, does this illustrate how weak the summer season was for movies and entertainment? It kind of does. I mean, we spent 30 minutes talking about frigging action stars from the 80s. That's the, Exactly. We, we spent 30 minutes talking about what we didn't get this summer. Back when a summer blockbuster was a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, the this times... This is the avocado toast of summer. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't afford to buy movies. <laughs> um, well, there is the the sequel to Predator coming up, The Predator. Which we uh, hope is... Which we hope is good. It will be directed by the man who was the the original Predator's first kill, Shane Black. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, huh? Yep. Uh, so that should be interesting. I kind of hope he writes himself into the movie and dies very last. <laughs> um, that's a point from... Sorry, I stole that from the Red Letter Media guys, but uh, wouldn't that be nice that if, be. If, the, if that was the bookend? This is the last Predator ever made, and Shane Black is the final kill. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's it. That'll come up next week. I don't know. There's really not much to look forward to with that one, except it'll be blood and guts and a ton of fun. So, yeah. is that an? Do you need anything more from no, a that's what summer I'm action I'm movie? Looking forward to Are it. Are they gonna? I know they've been doing a lot of like Prometheus and a whole bunch of other stuff with the Alien series. Mm, yeah, yeah. Are they ramping up to try and do AVP again? I don't think so. Okay. I haven't heard anything about that. I could be wrong, but, but I, if the I box haven't heard anything. Numbers are good. Don't put it past them. Yeah, uh, and do it right this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's one. Looking again, looking into the past a little bit. Uh, today, as we are recording, <laughs> it is September 9th. 2018 and uh today is the 10th anniversary of the release of the first episode of fringe uh for anybody who has not watched it you absolutely should the only problem is that there is no way to watch it now unless you get your hands on the dvds it's not streaming anywhere and i cannot figure out why yeah um i think it's an absolutely fantastic show it went for five seasons and not every single moment of it was (laughs) great by any means um (laughs) The first season, I mean, you watch it to get to know the characters, but it's story-wise, it's pretty skippable. But once you get into the second season and the mythology builds, this is one of the greatest uh, greatest shows ever put on television. It's a J.J. Abrams production. I'm serious, Todd. You laugh all you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at you. Yes, I'm, you are. I'm laughing at your enthusiasm. It's, it's got that... It's got you, that whiny you, kid from Dawson's You become is, ev- evangelical when you uh, talk about this. No, this, this is, is cool. it's a wonderful show. I watched it from the beginning. I, I remember sitting down and watching the very first episode, and I was hooked. I was in, man. Uh, Anna Torv, she's this Australian actress who plays the lead FBI agent. She is wonderful. Josh Jackson from... That's who it is. Uh, from uh, uh, Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Among other things. Dawson's He's, Creek. Dawson's Creek. And Dawson's He's Creek. the whiny kid from Dawson's yeah, Creek. Yeah, Daw- Dawson's Creek, fine, but Mighty Ducks. Um, <laughs> he's he's actually really really effective in it. And John Noble, who you'll remember as Denethor in the Lord of the Rings, 
Okay. Uh, he plays the mad scientist character, and he is astounding. Um, it is it's worth watching just for those three performances. Um, she especially is amazing when she plays her alternate character. She plays an alternate universe version of herself, and she ends up playing both of these characters in uh, in crazy ways where it's like she's her alternate universe character pretending to be the current universe character as a spy and so there's all these layers of characterization she's really good was that was that the premise of the movie was that it was a, a portal to alternate universes yeah i won't i won't give away i won't give away exactly what it is but john noble's character he's a mad scientist and he has figured out a way to open a portal to cross over into another instance of the multiverse okay um and he does so for a very specific purpose um but his doing so uh kind of is creating tears in the space-time continuum or whatever you want to call all sorts it of unintended consequences and, right and then all sorts of crazy crap starts happening how did i miss this i'd series. like to make your life better craig for just a moment oh is it is it streaming somewhere i don't know about streaming but you can buy each season yeah to stream, stream, I put in quotes. Right. On Amazon Prime Video. Okay. So you don't have to buy the DVDs, but you, you do have to buy... You have to buy it. You can't just watch it for free. Right. But you, um, you can get to it, unlike things like the Drew Carey Show, which you can't get <laughs> Which has been anywhere. wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I would be very interested to hear uh, some some people's feedback on this. I, I am curious to hear if there are any other fellow lovers of Fringe out there um you realize this is hard science fiction that you're talking about yeah what's wrong with that i i just and and it's not that hard it's pretty (laughs) it's pretty it's flaccid science fiction um it's uh okay it was nervous so okay no i'm just kidding i can't wait then it gets pretty fantastical (laughs) in in places based on our previous discussion eureka is also in the listing with that series like as a a common oh interesting and i and all hail eureka Uh, sure i think not having seen fringe it sounds like eureka which i have seen is a less serious version of Fringe. okay Uh, yeah fringe is very less fringe has a lot of humor in it but it's the humor is sprinkled in throughout the drama, not mm-hmm. the other way around, certainly. so The way that, like, psych is crime drama, procedural, but it's it, more it's about the comedy. 80% comedy and yeah. 20% story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Drama. Uh, okay, well, do you guys have anything else that you want to bring up? And if you do, just know I will cut your ass off after 30 seconds because <laughs> we got we to gotta wrap this up. I got nothing. Todd? We all bought Yetis this year. Yetis? <laughs> coolers yeti mugs yeti mugs yeah oh yeah thought you're talking about all the bud lights you brought in so i mean think about it that was the high point of the summer for our family not any movie that we saw after avengers infinity war but that we bought mugs yeah ryan anything else 30 seconds i have been playing (laughs) spider-man the video game that just released and it is fantastic it carries the basic game structure of other great game of the year titles like Shadow of uh, Mordor. And with, it, like I said, this very loose description, but it's a Shadow of Mordor game with a Spider Man skin. And um, Shadow of Mordor itself was a version of Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, right? So, so if you like that style of game and you have any affinity whatsoever for Marvel, you should absolutely play the game. I think it is one of the best games on the PS4 right now. It's PS4 only, isn't it? It Correct. is PS4 only right now. It is PlayStation only. So. 
um, in if you have that opportunity, you should play it. It is a lot of fun. And for anybody at home who's keeping track, you'll notice that that means Ryan now has a PlayStation 4. And that means that Ryan and I are now playing Destiny 2. Yes. And that means that you're all invited. Anybody listening to the sound of my voice is invited to play Destiny 2 uh, with us. I guess us. I started playing destiny 2 this week <laughs> gotta be on ps4 though guess i better go We've, shopping for a ps4 in fact my children have been looking at me for the for much of the summer saying dad why aren't you not playing destiny with us come on let's go so i'm i'm debating whether or not we'll start a twitch channel as we play some you know spider-man or destiny or whatever um maybe we'll do that but regardless whether we do or do not start a twitch channel we do uh want to play destiny with anybody who can do so on the ps4 i very cool did have the chance last summer i want to say to play with a couple of guys who were listeners and it was a ton of fun um but uh would love to get that back up and running we'll just get imagine, our own little clan if you like the banter we have now just imagine when there are lives are on the line <laughs> well yeah imagine imagine when yeah when i don't uh i'm not holding myself back for the sake of the kids in the car uh, people listening um it's a good thing there's no friendly fire <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> all right everybody uh let's cut and run thanks for listening and uh enjoy the rest of your movie year whatever is left of it it's gonna be a long year i suppose uh look forward to december anyway let's cut and run next week is uh are we doing red rising three todd next week uh that's my understanding morning okay. star yeah morning star book three of the red rising trilogy starring todd ken and megan and then the following week should be uh me and ryan and kyle red seas doing under red, skies. red seas under red skies gentlemen bastards number two um and i'm really looking forward to that i finished that a while ago and i've been itching to talk about it so i'm looking forward to it I uh, hope you guys all are as well. Make sure you go to thelegendarium.reddit.com and join in the conversation. Support the show at patreon.com slash legendarium. Yell at us. Uh, curse our names. Praise us forever and ever. All hail. And we'll talk to you guys next week. I didn't think we were starting the cult for a while. Yeah.